So many folks are looking in so many directions to find answers and peace and understanding and so on and so on with the time that we're living. But we know every other source other than him will lead you down a dead-end road. You look to Islam, you won't find it there. You look to organized religion, you won't find it there. Alcohol, drugs. You even look to the organizational spirit around this message. You won't find it there. There's only one place, and that's the Lord Jesus. I'm so glad that we know him tonight as a person, aren't you? As a person. He's not a doctrine. He's not a theory, but he is a living person. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to be able to be together again in the house of God? Amen. Amen. We so appreciate it. We're going to uh, pray again. I've got a couple of prayer requests here. One for Brother Lonnie Dishman from Kentucky, the church there where I used to pastor years ago. It's Brother Luther's son. He has uh, some real needs in his body. He's fighting uh, liver cancer, and he's just dealing with a lot of different issues. Um, Brother Gene Lehman, uh, they were able to move him yesterday to the Bristol Specialty Hospital. And they're trying to start weaning him off the vent. He needs to wake up, so we need prayer for that. And they will start physical therapy as well, which will be good for him. Leaving for a miracle. Amen. Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we thank the Lord for those improvements. That's right. We thank God for it. Now, we're serving a God who absolutely not only has great power, but actually he loves to show that power. Now, he's not a show-off. There's a great difference. He's not a show-off. But he does love to show that power. Let's read together, if you will, tonight. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, and we will read some of these signs of the end time. And we know that at these junctions is when omnipotence wants to speak. And omnipotence wants to display itself. But as great as God's omnipotence is, the way he divided himself with man, there must be an earthly omnipotence from another source that will connect with the heavenly omnipotence. Now, omnipotence, as far as the meaning of it, it's quite narrow. When you go to looking it up, what it actually means. And in reality, Webster and Mary Latin Law, the others don't know the full meaning. Because they would never be able to bring omnipotence down to a human soul or a human being. But we have another insight with another meaning, which gives us a little bit more light than what they have. So let's, let's read together now. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. What's wrong with that? Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark. But here is the problem. 
There was no time for God. Eating, drinking, working, you know, as long as you're not getting drunk, you're not drinking, you know, alcoholic beverages, things like that. But whenever it becomes what people think about, what they're consumed with, then it becomes sin of itself. And you notice the, the Lord Jesus, when he said these words, there was no time made for God. No time. There was only one man and his family that had time for God. And that was Noah. So everybody else was just living on in life. They were making money, getting their degrees in this and their degrees in that and excelling in the college or whatever more that they had in that day. And they were just living life. They were just enjoying life much like our Laodiceans are today. Very little time for God. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So they will eat and drink, and doesn't mean now they're alcoholics. They're just eating their supper, and they're eating their lunch, and eating their breakfast, and just going on doing what they want to do, and their life is filled with so many things and pleasures, and they won't even know until the bride has done been called, sealed away, and raptured, and then they'll see it. Notice this in the junction of time. This is a powerful message if you haven't heard it or read it in quite some time. When all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose also. Now what a peculiar thing, but it's when the junction of greatness from hell expresses itself, and the greatness of heaven expresses itself, and it meets at a junction. Watch, he said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against it. And these two forces has always showed at the junction. How many blues are at it again? At the junction. All hell is breaking loose, is it not? Uh, boy, if it ain't around you, I, I don't know. But if you talk to everybody else, it is. Um, but at the same time, we're looking for God, and we are seeing God do wonderful things, and we're looking for greater things. And we'd like to be remembered tonight in prayer before the Lord. Let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we count it such an honor, Father, that we have been able to gather here tonight. Lord, it's not been but just a few weeks ago that myself and song leader and a few deacons and musicians the Lord was here trying to do the best we could but here we are tonight Father it's not everybody but we're grateful for these that can come the Lord I, I would long for the day when everybody will be able to gather together again our hearts yearn for that time Father but until it does we're going to make do with the best that we can and we know Lord Jesus when you was here you told us, render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. The prophet of God picked up that same thought when he was going to Africa and different parts of the world. And he said that they required that he would take a shot. And he quotes that scripture, render unto Caesar the things which belongs unto Caesar. So Caesar has declared that we wear masks. Caesar 
has declared that we don't gather together full capacity. I wish some of these Christian, Christians could realize that when they defiantly go against that, they're breaking the very words of the Lord Jesus Amen. and the message of the hour. Amen. And they're marring their own Christian testimony with their arrogance and their pride. Oh, I understand. I get so tired of group A and group B having to be separated. I just think sometimes forget it all. Let everybody come back and we'll just deal with it. Then I think, what would the community think about us? What would the law enforcement think? What would this and that? So Lord, until it comes against our God-given rights, we want to do what Caesar says to do. And I believe you'll honor us for doing so. Father God, I hold in my hand tonight this prayer cloth for Brother Lewis Lawrence and Brother Louis made the request known to the people. Father, you see, Lord, our brother, dear God, Sister Linda, praying specifically that they wouldn't have to do the trait. God, I pray that you'd move for him, dear Lord. Lord, they won't allow me to go in and see him and pray for him, but there's one thing about it. They can't keep you out of there. They might keep me out, Brother Darrell out, Brother Wes. Lord, some of us, we'd long to be able to go in there and lay our hands on him, but they won't let us go in. But Lord Jesus, they can't keep you out of that room. So Father, we join together tonight. The angels of God can go in that room where our brother is. Father, may you visit him tonight in a special way, Lord God. Grant it, Lord. Dear God, my mind goes back. Lord, Monday, been able to go see Brother Gene. And Lord, as I went into the room and began to talk to him and let him know who I was, and he started moving his hands around and his eyes. And hallelujah, I thank you, Lord. Yeah. Lord God, then us having prayer and him moving his hands, I believe he knew that was there. Praise the Lord Jesus. And then, Father, you did something for him. And we're so grateful. That's who you are. Amen. That your greatness expressed. Speak to us again tonight, would you, Lord, your great word. For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. We're living in, in such a dark time. And yet, we're living in such a time of great light. We're living in such a time of sickness, disease, turmoil, all kinds of things that people don't know where to turn, they don't know what to do. But on the other hand, we're living in an age when people have never known better how to serve God. They've never known better how to dress. They've never known better how to behave themselves. So really, it depends on whether you're walking under the influence of the pillar of fire or if you're on the other side of the cloud. Because you see, the same light and cloud that brought light to the children of Israel produced darkness to the people on the other side. Now, in our lifetime, for most of us, most of us would probably say tonight that we have never experience such contrast to where we are, such sickness, such oppression, and it's not just just the physical part of what we're feeling, but it's the unseen that we can all sense. We know that the times have changed. 
Brother Darrell told me before church, he was longing for January the 1st, 2021. I am too, unless it's worse than 2020. If it's worse, would it be awful if we're thinking, oh, for 2020. But yet the Lord knew that these times would be here. And we've preached it and believed it for years that different times were gonna come. But you probably, as myself, never knew, never had an idea that it would be sort of like what we were doing. We, we thought for maybe years that who knows, we may have to meet in one another's basements and we may have to do this and that and the other. Whoever thought that it would be a virus that would knock us out of having church the way we normally do. So God doesn't always give us all of the particulars when it comes to prophecy. Now, notice this in verse 40, that the Lord Jesus goes on to say, then shall be two in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other one left. Now, this is the consummation of this separating time that has been ongoing for a long, long time in the lives of these people. For the true believers, separation does not begin with the rapture. But actually, it begins when the Spirit of God starts dealing in our lives. And it starts pulling us toward a step of consecration when we get, as we call it, saved. And we give our hearts, again as we term it, to the Lord, and He starts dealing with us and calling us from a life of sin, from a life of darkness. That's just under the means of justification. It does not end there, but that is simply the beginning of a lifetime full of separation. Because God's Word calls for a total separation from unbelief. Now, most of us, if we've been very far in the Lord, we realize that in the turning points of our life, if God will illuminate the turning points in our life, if you'll look back and realize that some of the great highlights of your journey have actually been when you were able to turn away from something that was hindering you and God, it might have been people you were hanging with. It might have been a false doctrine, a toy, as we preached about here Sunday. But it was something that brought a turning point in your life. And we know that through the life of Abraham, David, and many of those great patriarchs of the Bible that were able to see what God did for them. God brought Abram a long way, but God could not advance Abram any farther until Lot had separated from him. Then the very next verse, verse in the book of Genesis, then the Bible says that God spoke to Abraham and said, lift up your eyes because all that you see is yours. Now it shows us then that God had synchronized the further illumination of Abraham's life with another separation and what God demanded of his life. It's the same with us as believers. And the full, full gospel believers, full word-born believers, their life will actually be crowned by the final phase of separation, which is the rapture or the resurrection. Notice then for those that will be left behind, 
there shall be two in the field, showing that they will be doing similar things. So they will be eating, they will be drinking, they will be married, maybe some of the bride will be planning a wedding, some will be planning a reunion with their family, some will be planning a vacation, some will be planning here, there, there. They're getting up because they're taught by the word to plant the potatoes. They're not just sitting around and shutting down on God and they're not gonna do anything for the last 60 days prior to the rapture. The prophet even said about people building a church building. He said, I would rather have my money tied up in that building than to be having it in my pocket. Now you see, that confuses some people. They think you're preaching the coming of the Lord is at hand and yet you would build a new facility? That's right, I would because that's exactly what the prophet told me to do. Now I could have taken that money that we've spent on that and put it in my pocket, but I would rather have it in concrete and steel and in in metal and in this and that and the other because the prophet preached against us having it in our pocket. Well, I'm sorry some of y'all don't agree with that, but that is what he taught. Now, for those who really believe what he taught, it's nothing wrong with planting your taters. Well, Brother Donnie, why in the world should we do it? Well, go ahead and plant them. Let the Pope eat them. But you see, your part is planting them taters. The prophet never said you dig them up, but he said you plant them. So it shows me that there'll be some folks that will plant their taters, but they just won't be eating them. So it's the same with us. We may build a building and we may go part of the way in and a week before the dedication, we're raptured. I have fulfilled my part. You have fulfilled your part because we did exactly what he said to Well, all that was a waste. It is not a waste when you're obeying the message of the hour. It is a waste when you don't obey it. But we do not pull ourselves off on an island somewhere and start storing up food and we start making a little sign here and another little sign there and we're not working, we're just waiting for the Lord. You're breaking the word of God when you have that mentality. But the right mentality is build a building, plant your taters, keep operating your dozer, keep pushing dirt, keep painting walls, you brothers, keep gathering converters, but keep living every day of your life as if so it were your last. You sisters keep baking cakes and keep baking pies and keep bringing me chocolate candy. Well, that's right. Keep doing it because it's a blessing to me and you all are getting blessed by doing it. That's right. Well, don't sit there and look at me funny. I thought you was going to preach something spiritual. I am preaching something spiritual. I'm preaching for you to be what you're called to be and you're called to be a housewife, a painter, a farmer, a factory worker, whatever you are, filled with the Holy Ghost, planting your taters, building your building. Amen. You're thinking of expanding your house. Well, pray about it find the will of God and do so. Why? Because Jesus gives us the example that two were in the field. So now the one that was taken in the rapture was not sitting in the house with her feet right back in a recliner listening to a tape. 
And they wasn't somewhere 24 seven praying and that's what a lot of folks think is spiritual. Spirituality to a real believer is obeying the word of God, which to a housewife means she's a housewife. Well, praise the Lord. To a man who pushes dirt, it's him pushing dirt, but he's ready to take his leave at any moment. Now, it shows that the Lord Jesus, Brother West, did not preach this cult mentality. Now, friends, we have to watch this because in the last prayer on the seventh seal of the closing night of that great series, Brother Branham prays that God would keep the people around the message from forming a cult. Now, why would he do that? if the potential was not around such a message as this to form a cult. When some people call us a cult, around some of the people, I agree with them. They are a cult, but not the bride. But with a message like this, when we're called out by this doctrine, that doctrine, we separate by the way we dress, by separate by this and that and the other, there are so many similarities that would be there to a cultish type of idea. But the bride can be called out, and the people out here may think you're a cult, but the bride knows by the word, she's simply doing what the word says do. So two will be in the field. One of them will be separated, amen, separated from what? Mortality. And the other one will be left. Now they may be so close that they're standing there in the field. Jesus didn't say what they would be doing, but both of them would be doing similar activities. So you don't have to be spiritual to sit at home all the time and read your Bible 24 seven and never work and never have a job and get on welfare. You're bringing a reproach to the very cause of Jesus Christ. So Jesus showed us that that cultish idea is contrary to what he set forth. And Happy Valley said, notice this in verse 41. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. Now we're talking about just seconds before the rapture. So seconds before the rapture, two will be in the field and one will be taken, the other left. Seconds before the rapture, now of course we don't grind today, but this is the parable that Jesus gave. But say you're at Walmart or you're at Food City, wherever you do your grocery shopping, or you're, you're making a pie and you've got your uh, thing going and you pour the eggs in and whatever more, however you make a pie, I don't know. However it is you make a pie and all of a sudden you're making a pie and the next minute your mixer standing there by itself because you are gone. And yet the one minute before that you was making a pie, you're thinking about, now is that a pinch of salt or is that a pinch of cinnamon? I think it's two pinches of cinnamon and one pinch of salt. Or maybe it's pepper. Oh goodness, I'm gonna have to get my recipe out. And you're you're standing there thinking, you're not standing there thinking, oh God, oh God, oh God, send the rapture. You're doing what you're called to do. And that is to be a mother, to be a housewife, and you're fixing your husband his favorite pie, and the very next thing you know, you are changed, called in another dimension and your body has been changed. And there's some, some other woman in your neighborhood, maybe in the very cul-de-sac that you live, and she's making a pie at the same time, and you were taken, and she was left. Why? Because she never, ever, ever responded to the call of separation, or she responded to the initial part after justification, she stopped. I don't believe it has nothing to do with the way you cut your hair, 
or why, why, what difference does it make to God? But you see, a lot of these people will never separate, and if they won't separate for him, he won't separate them when the rapture comes. Every time that God calls you and I to separate, remember, you are one step closer to the final separation. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken and the other one left. So he will separate his saints with a great final separation and make himself. Now, we looked at this. Of course, last time we looked at this, that he will cause himself to be admired in the saints. You're talking about a miraculous, supernatural thing that Paul mentioned there in the book of Thessalonians, that the Lord Jesus will actually cause himself to be admired in the saints. So this is not just him working for you and wanting to save you and fill you with the Holy Ghost, but it is for a greater purpose. Somehow, when the culmination of all these ages winds up and a body change, our body change will testify of the greatness of his power and it will actually cause him to be admired in us when we get our new body. Oh, praise be to God. Notice this, an uncertain sound. Now then, the first thing you know, little old Martha come running out there and she said, Lord, I like that, he said, see, she titled him what he was. He was her Lord. Now, if that would have been here, my brother would not have died. See, even now, whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. Nothing uncertain about that. Now, what's the direction that he's going? That's when two positives meet. Now, you can hear positive words spoke by a preacher. You can hear positive songs. You can hear positive things from the tapes of the prophet. You can pick up your Bible and read positive scriptures, but it will never become into the full reality of what God wants it to be until there is a positive inside of you that responds to the positive from him. Now remember, he will do his part, but he will not do ours. Now watch how powerful that is, and yes, so simple. That's when two positives meet. See, that's when two, what? Two omnipotence? The word omnipotent meaning almighty, all power, full authority, unquestionable authority. That's when two omnipotents meet, see? When one omnipotent she had. She had perfect. This is the part you and I have. She had perfect omnipotent face. Now she did not have omnipotent power but she did have omnipotent faith. Where in the world could she have got that, Brother Darrell? She didn't even have the Holy Ghost. She was not even born again. She's living under the law and coming out and just seeing the beginning of the Messianic Empire. How in the world did she have an omnipotent face? 
Lord, even now, whatever you say, I know that God will do it. Well, if this woman could have this type of faith coming from the Old Testament to the New, cannot Holy Ghost-filled believers in the day that we're living in that have truly been born again have this omnipotent faith? Uh, You and I do not need omnipotent power. There's only one in this connection that needs that, and that's the Almighty God. But you and I do need omnipotent faith. What kind of faith would that be. It would not just be intellectual human reasoning and all, you know, most of us when it comes to emergencies, we realize a lot of what we have is hope anyway. It's not faith because as soon as something comes, we go all to pieces, our world falls apart and real faith. I mean, you've seen omnipotent faith and Brother M says it over and over again and it shakes people when they hear it. But he said, if you sat in a doctor's office and he said, you're eat up with cancer or there's no hope for you, whatever it is, that you would look in that doctor's face and you would express Isaac. Now this is Isaac from last Sunday. Remember Isaac was laughter. You would laugh. Remember Isaac was fathered by faithful Abraham. He was carried by his graceful mother Sarah. So he was born of faith mixed together with grace and what did they produce? Laughter. Joy. So when God strikes in your heart that you are healed and a doctor said you won't live till six o'clock tomorrow, what will happen to you if you're conceived of faithful Abraham face and you have been carried by your mother Sarah Grace, then the product, amen, the progeny of that union will be what? Joy unspeakable and full of glory and you will laugh in the doctor's face. You will express Isaac to that doctor and say, God has not revealed that to me. So doc, thank you for your information. I'll pay on my way out. Why? Because you are conceived through your father faith and you're carried by your mother grace and the progeny of that is not a big old long you looking face. Well, I thought God loved me. I thought this out of the other. Hope will do that. Hope is faith's little sister. I'm sure you've noticed it before. Brother Branham never attributes faith to being female. But he does attribute hope to being female. But he always attributes faith to having hair on its chest. Boy, that wouldn't be becoming to a woman, would it? But he says that faith has big old muscles. That wouldn't be becoming to a woman either. So faith is the male of the family, and then hope is faith's little sister. So here is faith, and faith pumps iron. I mean, faith's got them biceps, and boy, faith takes his shirt off. My goodness, it looks like a gorilla standing there. But little old Hope, little old Hope stands there, and she's dainty, and she's weak, and she don't have hair in her chest, and her biceps, you know, it's the size of my waist. But she just stands there, thank God for Hope, because we need her. But yet, when you really want omnipotence to meet omnipotence, little Hope will never do it, because hope is not aggressive enough. You know, real faith can be daring. It can be challenging. Is that right? It can look at obstacles right in the face and say, lying vanities out of my way. It don't change one thing. Well, they said this, they said that. It changes absolutely nothing when faith grabs the hope. That's the type of faith, my friend, that we're going to need for a rapture. 
Notice that's when two omnipotence meet. See, when one omnipotence she had, she had perfect omnipotent faith in Christ, and Christ was omnipotent. Notice she was not omnipotent, but she had a perfect. How was this possible? How could a person without the Holy Ghost have perfect omnipotent faith? Well, don't tell me that we cannot walk in that realm with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Brother Louis, we can. But if Satan can, he will talk us out. This is part of our rights as the children of God. Notice this, she had perfect omnipotent faith in Christ and Christ was omnipotency. She, oh, she had perfect, listen to this, She had perfect, infinite, infinite, infinite faith. How? How? And here we sat hearing the mysteries of the end time and she had heard a little bit of the breaking of who he was and seen a little bit of his ministry and it produced an infinite faith. It ain't no wonder all hell's breaking loose around this bride. Now look, friend, I ain't saying people of the world out here ain't going through trouble, but open your eyes and look around. And if you look around, you'll see an onslaught against the true people around this message like no other group of people on the face of the earth. And if you really look really good, you watch the ministers and you watch their families. And you watch how Satan is doing his best to come against them. Oh, I know the tape people want to try to convince us. We don't need no preachers. If I was you, I'd look toward hell. Look toward hell and see what hell thinks about preachers. See if hell is trying to blow up all the tape players and hell is trying to blow up all the MP3 players. Nope, nope. They, they're not doing that at all. But what are they trying to stop? God called men. God called men that are filled with the Holy Ghost because all hell knows this gospel will never reach its peak or its climax without men of God that are anointed of the Holy Ghost to preach the word of God and the saints sat there and they absorb that faith in their heart and when their emergency comes in their home, oh, do they get shook up? Sure, they're human beings. But the bottom line is they have that omnipotent faith in an omnipotent Christ. I love what Brother Darrell said a couple of weeks ago. We may not know the particulars between here and there, but we know the outcome. We may not know every turn and everything in the road, but we know ultimately we are going to win. Amen. Notice she had perfect infinite faith in Christ that he was the Lord. And note whatever he asked God, God would give it to him. In other words, she said, you just speak the word. That's all you have to do. Whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. That's omnipotence. Lord Jesus. That's omnipotence. You mean... Martha could say, speak omnipotence. Notice she's not doing it. All right, I command this, I command that. Her omnipotence is tied to the omnipotent one. You see, when your soul is able to say the same thing, you're looking for something way out here. You're looking for something to come when it's right in front of your nose. 
It's living in us, Brother West. It's declaring itself right in the midst of a pandemic. It's declaring itself right in the midst of trouble. Listen, it's your testimony. What do you say? He's mindful of us. He'll not let us go through more than what we're able to bear. He will help us all the way through. What are you doing? You are speaking of an infinite faith inside of your heart. You don't have that faith in a man. You don't have that infinite faith in a group. It is in your Lord Jesus. It is in your Lord Jesus. It is a faithful omnipotence that's speaking out about the bride. Oh my. I wonder tonight. I think of a friend of mine over in South Africa. Brother George Sarnik. Monday, him and his wife and daughter and son-in-law traveling in a vehicle got in an accident. His wife was taken. His daughter was taken. His son-in-law was taken. All in an instant, Brother Lee. Yeah, I'm not trying to minimize your problems, but let's face facts. If any of us had that happen to us this week, any of you? But I know Brother George well enough to know. He'll be crying at the funerals, as in plural. His mind may wonder, God, I don't understand why. But when it's all said and done, he'll have an omnipotent faith in a perfect Christ that makes no mistakes. Omnipotent faith declares he is perfect in the midst of storms. Omnipotent faith is not an iron. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand. The devil will beat you to death when you go to riding that horse. You better get off that pony quick. Because there's not, there's many, many things of trials of life we will never understand. But even when I don't understand his will, I trust his heart. Because my omnipotent faith and my God knows he has never left me alone. He has never forsaken one of his children. Come on, I've made so many mistakes along the way. I've failed along the way. My life is a, is a life of failures, but he has never failed me. He had not only me, but the millions of people that have lived down through time. And there's not a one of them can honestly say, hallelujah, that God failed me. There's where my omnipotent faith ties. Notice as the prophet said, he just said so. See, all right, he was all powerful. That's when two powers, two omnipotent powers meets together. It's a contact there. He can create a world without me. He did. Created millions or trillions of stars without me. He did. Created the earth, the sun, the moon, on and on and on without me. But when it comes to dealing in my life, we're partners. Now, if he wanted me to partnership with him in the creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars, I'd have been right there. If he wanted you, Brother Keith, to partnership with him, you'd have been right there. He didn't need you then. But Brother Louie, he needs you now. So he partnerships with us and departs a part of omnipotence on the faith side. 
and drops it in your soul. Many times you don't even know it there. You listen to the tapes. I love not only listen to the doctrines and things of Brother Brandon, but I love Brother West. Listen to the discernments because you see how the Spirit of God picks up things and you see how that many of those people had faith to touch the Lord and they didn't even know it. And Brother Brandon would tell them, now, you know, this and this and this and wrong way. He said, you didn't think you had enough faith to do that, did you? But you was able to touch God. And he'd say, that's a real good faith for someone that's not a Christian. Wow. So here was a person that was not even saved, but they saw something happen, and at the moment they believed, it was God. And then he would call other believers out and say, I know you're a believer because it's turning white around you. I see that you're a Christian. And he would tell them something very similar, that you had this faith. And you know that he said about the Lord Jesus? That the Lord Jesus was unconscious of this type of faith, perfect faith we're talking about. So it wasn't something that he was straining, trying so hard to do, and I'm trying to believe, I'm trying to believe. That's the problem, we get our trying in the way. If we can just let go and let omnipotent faith in who he is and what he can do believe for us, that's when two omnipotents meet. But when we try our best to do it, then we're taking hope and trying to unite hope with omnipotence and it will never produce a contact. What is it? Just let go and let God. Now, what's this? The meaning of the words, one of the meanings of the word omnipotence is an agency or force of unlimited power. No wonder Jesus said, whatever you say when you pray, if you'll believe in your heart and not doubt, you can have what you say. Remember, it's Stumble the Prophet. Told us out there in Kentucky, squirrel hunting. And the Lord wanted to display to him, Brother Larry, and show him. It's not what I say, but what you say. Well, Lord, what should I ask? What are you doing? Squirrel hunting. Now, what's spiritual about a squirrel? Well, average everyday squirrels around my house, I see them every day. But not them type of squirrels. Them spoken word squirrels. Amen. Uh, the squirrels I see and the ones you got around your house, more than likely they're not spoken word squirrels. They're just by genetic reproduction and they've you know, come on down through time. But them others, Brother Charlie said, whenever Brother Branham shot those squirrels, they took them home and ate them. I often wonder what a spoken word sandwich would taste like. So they, they bled like other squirrels. They skin them and they pull the skin off of them like other squirrels. I ask him, did they look different? Did they taste different? Look just like any other squirrel. He said, other guys shot squirrels. We laid them right side by side. Couldn't tell a bit of difference. Now you think of that, that God's gonna create a squirrel and when he creates one, 
He creates one just like one that was born out there with a little old sow, a squirrel, female squirrel, and she gave birth to them little old pups in the spring, and God made one just like it, and you lay there, and it bled just like it, and it's seen you look just like it, and tasted just like another. See, it comes right back to what we're talking about, two in the field, one taking one left, two at the mill, one taking one left. So don't try to make ourselves odd and strange and different to be in the rapture. No, we can be piled up on the same table as squirrels, and one spoke word and one's natural genetics. So what does God do? This is what stumbles people by the simplicity in the way that God chooses to reveal himself. Oh, praise the Lord. Notice an agency or force of unlimited. Now we can all believe God has unlimited power, don't we? But can you believe your omnipotent faith is also unlimited? See, no hands. Praise the Lord. Watch this. When a line here has got 150 volts, and this has got 150 volts, when they come together, you got 150 volts both ways. When you got supreme power, when Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, you've got supreme faith in that being the truth. You need a supreme God that made a supreme promise and a supreme result will come. Sounds like we're headed for the supreme, don't it? Now you've got a supreme God that made a supreme promise and then you'll get a supreme result. But how in the world am I gonna get a supreme result when I'm a long ways from being supreme myself. Now I realize some of y'all think y'all supreme, but you might as well come on down to earth all the rest of you, you ain't nothing but a dirt bag. You're just like all the rest of us. Some of y'all think you're so valuable and this and you're just like all the rest of us. You're full of faults, you're full of mistakes. Come on. You're Indiana dirt or Kentucky dirt or West Virginia dirt, whatever kind of dirt you're made out of, but that soul on the inside of you is worth a million worlds. But as far as your personal human value, there's nothing supreme about it. There's nothing wonderful about it. How in the world can I experience supreme? And I have, and you have too. By a new birth, we've experienced that. By divine healing, by seeing our God move among us. And he said, you need a supreme God that made a supreme promise and a supreme result will come. Watch this in Patmos vision. Cut every obstacle from human beings that they might be connected like in the garden of Eden. I was gonna choke it, but I'm gonna say it. Man is omnipotent. Even the preachers ain't saying amen. Man is omnipotent. Now notice how he follows up. You don't believe that. But he is. A man that's, Lord Jesus, a man that's fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. Hallelujah. Did not he say in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, whatsoever things you say and don't doubt in your heart, it'll come to pass. You can have what you've said. What happens when two omnipotence meet? When God and man comes together, but notice the channel. When God and man comes together through 
omnipotence. How in the world can that happen to us, Brother Darrell? How could Brother West, we ever move into a channel of omnipotence? It's the grace of God, friends. It's the grace of God that opens up this channel and allows us. This is why church entity will never produce it. This is why church membership will never produce it. Just quoting quotes around the message. Well, the prophet said this and the prophet said that. We love all of that. But Satan will try his best to give you an intellectual faith of what the prophet said to keep you from this. He don't want you and I to have this. He hates omnipotence. He hates the power of God on display. He will trade quoting any day out of the week. He will trade Bible quoting, scriptural quoting, prophet quoting any day out of the week because that is the letter. A man that is fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. Oh my Did he not say, whatsoever things you say, don't doubt in your heart. It'll come to pass. You can have what you said. What happens when two omnipotents meet? When God and man come together through omnipotence? Listen to this. Something's got to shake. Praise God. Whatsoever you would say, with that creative power of omnipotence of God, knowing that he's promised it, and he said it in his word. It creates a power that goes out yonder and brings things to pass, things that is not. Don't you understand when we are praying for things, it's not like that we're praying and they're already in the cycle. Some of them haven't even began yet. It's not that a lot of times our prayers are going to those things which were already in motion. The creative power of God has already started it. It hasn't. He's waiting for you to say it. And you say it in prayer or you say it going down the road and you see a church sign or whatever it is and God quickens that Baptist church sign to your heart and you speak whatever your need is and God starts from you. Glory to God. God starts from you. Lord Jesus, God don't, God don't send it down from the throne. God don't start up there in heaven. Remember the prophet standing out there when the spirit of God said, pick up that rock. Pick up that rock. And he said, whenever he threw that rock up in the air, it started a little whirlwind. And it went right down and went up to Alaska. You imagine God starting an earthquake. It's probably the first and last one that's ever been started from a tiny pebble. Most of the rest of them start from this seismic activity and this and that and the other and this plate versus that plate down there. My, my, my. But this one started with the prophet of God picking up a rock by the spirit of God, throwing it up in the air. And when it come down, a little bitty funnel started from there. And from there, it went down into the ground, went straight up to the Alaskan coast and nearly sunk it. Glory to God, you're bound, you've got sickness, you got a husband, a daughter, whatever it is, and the Spirit of God is wanting to make them well, and you're waiting for me to speak your miracle, you're waiting for the preacher to speak it, and God may not have your miracle in my mouth, he may not have it in Brother Darrell's mouth, it may come from your mouth. Lord God, I decree it, I believe your word, Father, and when you say it, the omnipotence in your soul, and God begins to move from your mouth, and the circulation starts. Praise be to God. Lord, grant it to us, Jesus.
It creates a power that goes out yonder and brings things to pass. Things that is not. It makes them as though they are. This is what your Bible says about Abraham. And this is what the Bible says about faith. Faith believes things that aren't, but it believes them as though they're already done. And Abraham took God at his word and believed. He was already a father and, and his wife was a mother when they were past bearing. He believed things as that they were already in existence. Oh my Lord Jesus. Notice this in the church age book. Don't fear, John. Don't fear, little flock. All that I am, you are heir to. All my power is yours. My omnipotence is yours. But what do we take many times? Fear, anxiety, trauma, all kinds of other things. Our Father is offering us this. But why do we take the other? Because we're not fully surrendered. But Brother Donnie, I'm a human. Sure, we're humans. We hear bad news, bad reports. We can't keep from the human reacting to that. But remember, you've got omnipotence living inside of you if you've got the Holy Ghost. And if the doctor does say it, the prophet said it this way. He said, if I was going to be shot in the morning, he said, well, wouldn't you rather, wouldn't you be afraid? He said, no, don't think I would. I think I'd just say, well, fear might keep me locked up. Faith could deliver me. Well, one of the doctor says this and that and the other. Well, he might be right and he might be wrong. Praise the Lord. And if he does say it and the scan shows it, if you listen close, Papa might be saying, can I borrow your body for a miracle? Glory be to God. Can I borrow your body for a miracle? Can I show my power through you? But if he's going to do that, somebody's going to be sick. Somebody's going to be weary. Somebody's going to be down. Brother Scott, can he borrow our body for a deliverance from nervousness? Can he borrow our body, Brother Darrell, for a deliverance from whatever we're going through? Oh, I know it's, it's kind of scary to say yes. But if we can trust him, oh, hallelujah. If we can trust him and he borrows our body, glory be to God. When the little boy gave him his lunch, I heard a song today on the radio. And it was a song written about the little boy that gave his lunch and he said I was sitting there and I was telling my children we didn't have money to pay our bills and we didn't have this and that he said but then I thought back when I was a little boy and my mama said we're going out to see this man that they say can work miracles and he said I'd heard about that man but all I took with me was my lunch he said but I looked that day and I gave my lunch over to that man and he said I saw that man turn it into loaves and fishes and he said every trial I go through, I remember the fish. Every storm I go through, I remember the fish. So he said if you're going through a hard time, remember the fish. In your hand, it's your lunch. But in the hands of Jesus, it can feed a multitude. Oh my, your faith may not be very powerful, but if you can submit yourself and let omnipotence believe through you, it can go out there and create and start something that does not exist. 
Think of it, children. From this little simple sermon here tonight, streaming wherever you are, if it can strike our souls and the Spirit of God declares it from within us, it can create an opening for a job. It can create healing for your body. He can go in there and fix something inside your body. And then the next time you go to the doctor, the doctor says, I don't understand. I have no explanation at all, but it's gone. I said, oh, hallelujah, Brother Donnie prayed for me. Oh, praise the Lord, Brother Ron Spencer prayed for me. That's good. Man of God's supposed to do that. But it might not have been Brother Ron that declared it. It might not have been me. It might have been you as you walked off the prayer line. How many of them that Brother Brennan would call and say, you've got a prayer card, but you don't need it. You was healed right there. Something real strange moved over you when I said that a while ago in that deep revelation about the Son of Man. You remember that? He said that lady and said something come over you right then and you thought what a deep revelation that is. He said you was healed right then. You imagine a revelation and she sat in there while the word's being preached. He wasn't preaching about divine healing. He was preaching about the unfair presence of God about the Son of Man being revealed and that revelation struck her heart. It released an omnipotent touch of faith and it healed her body at the same time she got that revelation. Woo! Oh, glory to God. I have not come to bring fear and failure but love and courage and ability. All power is given unto me, and it is yours to use. I think I might preach this again next Wednesday night. (laughs) We might need to hear it two or three times. Friends, either we believe this or we don't. Listen to this statement. All power is given unto me, and it is yours to use. This is his reward for the work of kenosis. All power, Matthew 28, 18, lo, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And what did he do with it? He didn't go up there and say, oh, I've got all power, I've got all power, I've got all power. But he said, now that I've got it, I want to share it with my wife. I want to share it with my preachers. I want to share it with my, my saints. It's yours. You don't have it. It's not yours by right, but it's yours to use. It's yours to use. Praise God. All power is given unto me and it's yours to use. Listen to this, children. You speak the word and I will perform it. That is my covenant and it can never fail. Who is he speaking to? His wife. Praise God. His wife. You declare it and I'll bring it to pass. Speak the word and I will perform it. This is my covenant. What kind of covenant? Marriage covenant. Amen. 
You see, Carol Reagan became my wife 43 years ago. 43, 44, 44. She updated me one year. 44 years ago, she took my name. Now, there wasn't enough money in the bank then for it to do her any good. I'm not sure actually how much is in there now. It might not do a whole lot of good. But she has access to whatever's there. So she could go to the window, the drive-through. She could go on the inside, present her identification with Carter County Bank. They know she probably wouldn't have to there. Oh, you're the pastor's wife. Yeah, I want to close this account. I want to do this. I want to do that. How can she do that? She has the authority of my name. She was born Carol Jean Smith. Under that name, she did not have my power. But she got reborn, or as we'd say, married. Married. That's what happened to you when you got your new birth. You were reborn and you got married to the word of God for the hour. And when you did, you lost that first identity of that old nature. And he said, here's all this bank in heaven. I've got power, I've got love, I've got mercy, I've got forgiveness, I've got revelation, I've got omnipotence, and you are my wife. Now, you never purchased this and you're not worthy of it. I know all of that. Forget all of that. But it's yours. So what if they called you tomorrow from the Cardi County Bank and said, hey, come up here tomorrow. Come up here. You've got from 10 to 12 as much money as you can pack out of here. You folks would be running over one another to get there. While some people that ain't been to church, some people that ain't done this or that or the other say, but you got to wear a mask. Some of these maskless Christians would have on one tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. You get here, you can pack until you can't pack no more. Why? You say, well, why shouldn't I take it? They're giving it to me tax-free. IRS man's answer. Yes, sir. Go ahead and pack out whatever you want. No taxes. Why, my goodness, we'd be up there, and I'd be up there with you because I've got some building I'd like to build, and I've got this and that and the other I'd like to do for some missionaries over overseas. So I'd be there if they said be there at 10. I'd be there at least quarter after five. Some of you would beat me. You'd sleep there. You'd camp out tonight. But because why? When it comes to money, when it comes to money, oh, we'll take all of that. Look, there won't be one dollar bill in heaven. There won't be one cent. There won't be one nickel. There won't be one converter. There won't be one this and that and the other there. No, sir. And here the Lord Jesus says, here's my omnipotence. Here's my power. Here's my word. And we just sit and look at it. Oh, this message. Oh, oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I feel so sorry for these poor old people out here. They're ignorant. They're so blind and stupid. I wonder who is the most stupid. The bank doors are flung wide open. The vaults have been open since the breaking of the seals. And we limit ourselves. We're on this little measly spiritual budget. Well, I felt the Lord back, let's see, when was it? Back 47? Was it 47 or 57? I don't want to ask him to feel him again. I... Brother Bram said, can you imagine a little mouse in the granaries of Egypt? Here he's got thousands of bushels of wheat and rye and corn. And that little mouse says, I better take it easy. I might run out. Let me read one or two more, can I? Yes, God foreknew he would send Abraham 
And he let him go right on down till he got 75 years old to show it would be a miracle. He let Sarah travel right on. He could have spoke to them when they were 18 or 20 years old. But he let them get to a place, praise God, where it would be a miracle. My friends, a miracle in the making can be very painful. A miracle in the making can have so many circumstances that we do not consider miraculous, Brother Darrell. We're looking at the end result and we think that that's the miracle. No, some of this stuff between here and there is the miracle in the making. He's allowing you to go down that low. He's allowing you to get to that spot so your life, your body can be crowned with the miracle. It would not have been a miracle if God would have come to Abram at 18 years old. Listen to this, I love this. Praise God. He let Sarah travel right on. He could have spoke to them when they were 18 or 20 years old, but he let it get to a place where it would be a miracle. God likes to show his power. Not that he has to, but he loves to do it. It pleases him in his omnipotence. Now notice the attribute that this ties into. This is not sovereignty now, and this is not even in the realm of election. It's not in the realm of foreknowledge, but this is in the realm of omnipotence. You see, in the realm of foreknowledge, he chose you because he foreknew you. Well, that's in the realm of foreknowledge. But there is an attribute of omnipotence that he wants to express himself in that election just can't do it. Sovereignty just can't do it. It requires omnipotence, and it pleases him. Praise God. It pleases him to reflect himself through omnipotence, which means things sometimes have to get bad. Ooh, oh, we don't like that, do we? He loves to do it. It pleases him in his omnipotence to let his subjects know who he is. I'm so happy of it because he showed me his power. Usually when God shows his power, regardless of what people think about it, people will clatter to it. People will clatter to it every time. It prepares their hearts. It makes them ready. It makes them brace up and ready to take a new hold. Listen, friends, we need more than teaching. Preaching the gospel is not just teach, 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 teach. It's demonstrating the power of God. You can see why Satan wants to take this out of the message, and he has a lot of message churches. They're as cold and dead as Methodist and Baptist and Catholic. Well, praise the Lord. But God's got a group of believers around the world. They will never let go of omnipotence because they know it pleases their heavenly father to reveal himself. It makes him so happy to find a believer with a great need. And that believer will allow him to mold that need. And they may want it to happen tomorrow, but he may say, can I borrow your body? Have you got six months? Have you got 10 years? Have you got five years that I could have? And I promise you, I give you my word as the Almighty. When I get done with you, it will be, be a phenomenal. 
But in between here and there will be difficulty, strains. And you'll cry. You'll lament. You'll, you'll wonder, will you let me have your body? Can I use your mind? Glory to God. Can I use you? Well, we ain't voting tonight, are we? Careful how you move. You just bought it. (laughs) Oh, my. Notice what it does. People will clatter. I don't know what that word means, actually, the way he's using it. I don't know what clatter is. But people will clatter to it every time. It prepares their hearts. Look what omnipotence does. Well, don't the word do all that? Apparently, it doesn't. Apparently, the word don't make you clatter. Omnipotence displayed makes us clatter. (laughs) And it makes us ready. And it makes them brace up and ready to take a new hold. My, we're taking all the phenomenal away from God. And God himself is a phenomenal He's the creator being. He's Jehovah. He's the great reality. He's the great substance of everything. That was made on the earth was made by him. And he displays his power, listen to this, by raising the sun every morning and by sending forth his rain and by setting his rainbows comes down to his subjects Heals their sicknesses and saving their sins. And the church said, God bless you. Let's stand together. Praise God. Brother Donnie, I I, I thought you'd been preaching on Wednesday night about getting in the spirit. I am. I've been preaching tonight about getting in the spirit of omnipotence. Can't you see what the world's getting into? Oh my, they're burning, they're ravaging, lawlessness is everywhere. Praise the Lord. My, they're really under the spirit of politics and they're getting nervous. The one side afraid they're going to lose and the other side afraid they're going to lose. I ain't going to lose no matter who wins. I say whoever we need in the White House, so be it. I ain't never voted before and I ain't going to vote now, but I will vote for the will of God. That's what I say we need. Whoever needs to be in there, I'll say praise the Lord. Another day closer for us to go home. What about it, friends? Let's look at our hearts and our lives tonight. Oh, don't you want omnipotence? Brother West, allow omnipotence. Well, we can come up like little Martha. You imagine what a statement. Even now, them two words. His nose has fell in. He's stinking. Beyond hope, seems like. But even now. Now, whatever you say, it must have so moved the Lord Jesus. It reached down beyond his time body and reached into the Father and touched the omnipotent one. And she and her omnipotent faith connected with the omnipotent himself. Praise God. And it released the resurrection. And the Lord Jesus Searching for that man's spirit, his soul. There he was, four days journey out somewhere. Maybe it was real faint as he heard it. Lazarus, come forth. 
And all of a sudden it grabbed a hold of him and it was not. He was not in the cycle of the resurrection before Martha said this. He was dead. He was gone. His soul on a journey somewhere. But her omnipotent face in the omnipotent Christ stopped her brother. Praise be to God. What about that little, poor, little, insignificant black woman down there stopping a plane? You imagine they set their course. They checked with the control tower. Yes, sir, you're going to arrive in Louisville, you know, regional airport, whatever it was, such and such a time. But this little woman said, God, where's you, Elijah? It went out of her mouth. And the Almighty began to move in the barometric pressure. And he let the clouds begin to build up. And Brother Bram on that plane bumping and bumping. And Lord, have mercy, what in the world is going on? Folks, we're going to have to land here. We've got this landed. That poor little woman that didn't even know Brother Branham was supposed to be on the earth. I pray for the sick. My name is Brother Branham. You ever heard of me? No, sir. Never heard of you. Wow. Never heard of Brother Branham. But she knew Jesus. A lot of us have heard of Brother Branham. And I wonder if we know Jesus. Now, I'm not making a lot of that. Thank God for the knowledge to know Brother Branham, but we've already found out knowing Brother Branham is not going to get us in. It's knowing the Lord Jesus and having him in our lives. Oh my, what did it do? It went out of hell. Where is your Elijah? And the clouds begin to build and the barometric pressure begin to change. And then pilots radio in Louisville. We got something going on here. We got something going on. We can't figure it out. We, we had this plane checked out. We can't. Well, we're going to make an emergency landing. Emergency landing. And it was all caused by who? A little insignificant woman. Come on, children. A little insignificant woman that probably wasn't deep and probably didn't know a whole lot of great mysteries of the Bible, but she knew how to touch God. Don't you love it? With all of our getting, let's get understanding. With all of our achievements and all of our getting of this and that and the other, let's make sure we don't lose the ability to stop the Lord Jesus. And let God take our words and start a miracle in motion. Praise the Lord. Sister Joanne told me Sunday, she said, I've got a new name for Sister Erica. She said, I want you to tell her. Thank you, Jesus, she said. Hallelujah. Erica Miracle. And then she, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What if the Lord used her words to start a miracle in the movement? Oh, no, Brother Don, no, no, no. He'll have to use a preacher. Really? If God could use a little woman to pray for another mother's baby. Hallelujah. Why? Because the prophet said that mother would have a feeling. Brother Brandon wasn't a woman. He wasn't a mother. Come on, don't get mad at that. That's his own words. But God used that woman because she could have a feeling. 
Maybe one of you sisters here and you say, my, my, that poor child that's got this blindness or this poor baby that's got this and that and the other. Oh, let Brother Donnie pray for it. I'll pray for it. I will. But what if God would use your faith and while I'm praying, all of a sudden this drops down in your heart and it wasn't from my words. It was from yours. And you stand there and say, Lord Jesus, heal that poor child. And out of your mouth went a turbulence of wind. <laughs> Glory be to God. Friends, don't live in him. You're a child of God. This is not just for men. This is not just for preachers. This is for his believing children. Brother, the Lord lays on my heart to pray for you, but I'm nobody. God puts it on your heart to pray for me. Please pray for me. It may be your prayer that gets me through one of the darkest times I've ever been in my life. Pray for me. God lays it on your heart to pray for Brother Tim or Brother Ron Spencer or Brother Darrell, whatever it is, pray. The Spirit of God makes no mistakes. He may use your words going out of your mouth to start a miracle in motion. Praise God. Let's bow our heads if you would. Lord Jesus, I know these are very simple thoughts. But Lord, if we could grasp them, Would you make it real tonight, Father? Drop it in our hearts, Lord, that it'll be more than words. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd help us. I've experienced it many times. I'm sure these believers have. You're praying for somebody or all of a sudden praying over the phone or whatever it is. And I've told it to Carol, it's so strange and peculiar. But it's like another person steps inside of you for a moment and takes your voice and speaks. And you don't know what to say and you don't know how to say it. And he says it and then he leaves you. But you know something just happened. Oh, Lord God. Oh, great omnipotent one. You don't need my power. I ain't got none. You don't need my strength. I ain't got much. What you want to connect with is my omnipotent faith in you. I don't need to be all powerful. I don't need to be supreme. I just need my, my faith in a supreme one. Lord Jesus, we're needy people tonight. We have many needs among us. God, I pray for the sick among us. I pray for every one of them. Lord, maybe I cannot call their names tonight, but God... From time to time, you wake me up in the middle of the night or early in the morning before daylight. And when I'm awake, I'm laying there and you begin to bring them to me over and over and over and over again, name by name by name by name. Lord God, we love each other. Lord God, it breaks our hearts to hear and see our brothers and sisters that are sick and suffering in the name of Jesus, the omnipotent one. May our faith be joined to your promise tonight, God. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's Brother Wes. I don't care, Lord, if it's one of these sisters. But you drop it on their heart. And all of a sudden, they begin to pray for this brother, this sister, this child. And you use their words. And out of their words goes the breath of God. That breath of God goes out and begins to create something that is not. It's not that it hastens that miracle that's in the making. The miracle hadn't even started yet. But their omnipotent face matched with the omnipotence of God.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. Almighty God, we long to see you among us. If it please you, Lord, oh, we, we see it, but we want to see more. If it pleases you to display yourself this way, it pleases me to see it. It pleases me to watch you move, Lord. If it pleases you, I don't understand a Christian that it wouldn't please. Lord God, manifest yourself among us. Display yourself in greatness, Father. Oh, grant it, Lord God. How many believes him tonight? With all your heart. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. May tonight, Lord, be the night when two omnipotents will meet. Maybe you're in church, maybe streaming. Lord, maybe they've had a terrible day today. God, they need a connection from on high. Maybe something happened, Lord, that they just wasn't prepared for, and they feel so forsaken, so alone tonight. But God, we have to believe there's a greater yes. There's a greater yes. Lord, whenever you, we pray and you go a different direction, we have to believe it's a better yes than what we prayed for. Oh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, minister to your people tonight, I pray, Father. In the name of Jesus, you love him, saints. Can we just pray now, you in your own way. If the Lord puts someone and their need on your heart tonight, don't fail to pray for them. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless your name tonight, great omnipotent one. Lord, we could call the devil a liar because he is. We could call him a non-creator because he is. We could call him all kinds of things, but there's one thing we can't say tonight truthfully about the devil, and that is that he's omnipotent. He ain't got enough power to make a peach. He couldn't make a fly if his life depended on it. Hallelujah, but our Father made the heavens and the earth. Our Father made the universe. Our Father made for the very lowest forms of life to the highest form of life, which is a human being. Our Father made the leaves and the flowers and the oceans and the rivers and the streams and the pond. Our Father, hallelujah, has gone away to prepare a place for us. Hallelujah. It is our Father one day when we're out in the field or we're at the meal grind, and it is our Father that will call us to the final separation when our bodies will be be changed and we will separate from mortality hallelujah he will crown our lives with a final phase because he is our father we worship you tonight lord god lord go to the homes of those that can't be here present lord god bring healing bring deliverance lord god encourage our sheep from happy valley lord help them through these trying times lord god Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. Oh, I bless your name tonight, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There is none like you. There is none that can do what you can do. And then what did you do? You turned and said, all power's mine, but I give it to you to use. Praise God. My omnipotence is yours. My greatness, my power, my name, my word, 
my resurrection, my life, it's all yours. Forgive me, Lord, for not using it like I should have. Forgive us here tonight, Lord God, we live like paupers when we're spiritual millionaires. You give us this great big load of checks, everything we'll ever have need of from our earthly journey to the rapture or the resurrection from the dead is provided in our account. Help us, Lord God. It ain't a savings account, it's a checking account. Hallelujah. You didn't give us a savings account that would save it all to the other side, but it's a checking account. Lord, some of them tonight need healing. Some of them tonight need peace. Some of them tonight, Lord, need deliverance of oppression. Help them to sign their name down at the bottom and run it through. It will be cashed in the name of Jesus. Praise be to God. Oh, blessed be the Lord God. Blessed be the Lord God. Blessed be the Lord God. I worship you, Adonai. I praise your holy name. You're our healer, our provider. You're a devil stomper. You're a serpent head bruiser. You're a Philistine killer. You're a cancer destroyer. Glory be to God. You're a blinded eye opener. You're a lame leg straightener outer. You're the resurrection and the life. I am he that was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. We worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord Jesus. your holy lamb hallelujah we love you Jesus oh I wish somebody would help me bless his name oh we love you Jesus somebody help me worship Jesus because he's my life giver no devil can stop him he's the first and the last
anybody here witness? He's healed me when I've been sick. He saved me when I was lost. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. He paid all the cost. Has anybody here want to testify? Why don't you raise your hand? divine healer when the doctor says you might as well go on you're gonna give it away he's the first and he's the last and he's the alpha and he's the omega he's the beginning and he's the end he's the resurrection i wish somebody would help me praise him your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How we praise your holy name, dear God. And we praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. There is none like you, Lord. We lift you up in the midst of the people, Father. For you said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto myself, Lord. Oh, how we praise your holy name tonight, Lord God. How we thank you for the promises of your word, Lord, to be the people of the covenant, dear God, that these things have been given unto us, Lord, that we should use, God, that we should be the overcomers in this hour, the people who are called by your name, Lord, how we praise you, Father. Oh, the people of the book manifested on the earth in this hour, expressing the living God, Lord, the light in the midst of the darkness, Lord Jesus. How we praise you, oh God. How we praise you from the depths of our souls, Lord. You're our healer, our keeper, Lord, our savior. Oh, hallelujah. How we praise you tonight, Lord. You're our big brother. You're our friend. You're our father. You're our king. You're our husband, you're our all, and our all, Lord, with you, dear God. We can do anything, Lord, without you. We can do nothing, Lord. We yield ourselves to you, Lord. We surrender our tabernacles to you. Holy Spirit, dwell within the realms of our souls and express yourself through the windows of our eyes. Oh, speak through our lips, dear God. Life to those who are wounded, Lord. Oh, liberty to those that are bound, dear God, and those without hope, Father. May courage take place, Lord, we pray tonight. May cancers leave the people, Lord. May oppression leave the people, Lord. 
May there not be one more in this tabernacle, Lord, afflicted by COVID. May every symptom that tarries in the bodies of those who's been afflicted, may it leave tonight by the power of the resurrected Lord Jesus. And that authority has been given to us as believers and we exercise it tonight. Oh, grant it, oh God, we pray. Oh, little oppression and depression fall at the feet of the people, Lord. May peace and joy and assurance and gladness in our hearts be, re be the replacement, Lord. Thank you for the word of God we heard tonight, Lord. Oh, God, may it not just be words. But may it anchor into our souls, Lord, and be life to us, Father. Oh, may we draw on our accounts, Lord. May we draw on our accounts tonight, Lord Jesus. Grant it, God. Those in the hospital, Lord. Little children that are afflicted tonight. Oh, drive your enemy from them, Lord. Let them go free. For whom the Son is made free is free indeed. Loose them, Lord. Let them go free tonight. Grant it, oh God. May crooked spines be straightened. May high blood pressure become normal. May sugar levels just level out, Lord. May arthritis leave the bodies of the people. For you are our God. You are our healer. You are our joy. You are our everything. How we love you. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, we thank you for this service tonight, Lord. We thank you for your presence that we feel right now pulsating in our souls, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. We worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve tonight. Thank you for the word, Lord. Bless Brother Louis as he leads us in some songs of worship tonight, Lord. Oh, Father, at the rising of the sun tomorrow, may the testimonies begin to come, Lord. That was bound, but he loosed me. Lord, there's a sister over in North Carolina Sunday night with a torn rotator cuff, Lord. How you moved upon her, Lord, and healed her in the service. Her hands raised in the air, praising you with an arm that wouldn't raise. But you, oh God, are the restorer of torn rotator cuffs. You're the restorer, Lord. For you said in your word, I will restore, saith the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Oh, hallelujah. We fall down. We lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of His mercy and love at the feet.
you go and have a good rest of the week we'll be here again lord willing sunday just expecting something great from the lord he never disappoints it's always something wonderful let's sing just a little bit of that song just continue to sing that as you dismiss the brethren if you want to come and dismiss the congregation tonight we'll fall down we'll lay our crowns at the feet of jesus we'll fall down and we'll lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus, greatness of His mercy and love. At the feet.